Maybe we should take a few minutes, back up, and give some brief introductions. We uh, say yeah. who we are. Yeah, we'll, we'll just edit it to make it look like we didn't just start off going off on a tangent. Yeah, and then we... We, we should talk about D-Train's Awareness Day. That's a great story. Oh, did, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, okay. What? That is awesome. That made me happy. I'm surprised these people... Uh, no, I know these people are getting shouted down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. All them in. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we go talk about that, they're going to turn it off. Yeah. Oh. Start our 64-part our series, going verse by verse through the song of Solomon. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, Stuart. I'm uncomfortable. Tell us about yourself. Uh, I go by Stuart or D- Joe, depending. You'll hear me called both. Um, called Stuart. No. Mainly, I'll be called Stuart. Yeah, to avoid confusion with the other Joe on set. Who goes by Silva? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell us about yourself. Grew up in a Christian family. My mother led me to Christ at a pretty young age. And unfortunately, I spent the first majority of my life not really living for him. I was a believer. I was in the church, and I was living for myself. Um, Got into some stuff I shouldn't have, joined the Army, spent six years there, came back, and by his grace, I met a beautiful woman who loved him we've been married for about three years now and oh i guess i should say i have started trying to live for him should back up a little bit there um yeah at some point you got saved (laughs) uh yeah married for just over three years no children yet three years Uh, yeah time flies three years in january seems like just yesterday i punched a wall finding out that you guys were engaged I mean, I love you, Stuart. <laughs> now, now we love each other. There was some difficulty early on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there was. I guess we should back up and say that the two Joes are married to sisters. two sisters. So that has never produced any confusion at yeah. all. Yeah, w- watch out. Watch there be like a, a mic glitch. You know, like the two Joes are married. <laughs> <laughs> and it just just stops. It just cuts off right after we ranted about LGBT stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, um, yeah. So my name also is Joe. I'm Joe Silva. Um, often go by Silva because sounds cooler. Um, we're talking like a brief testimony. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Uh, I accepted Christ at the age of four. Um, and I'm pretty sure like, I knew what I was doing. It wasn't like just a, hey, the those kids are getting candy before everybody else, so I should go up to the front like they are. It wasn't anything like that. I knew, I remember knowing that I was a sinner and there was something missing in my life and that I wanted to follow this God that my parents have been telling me about um, over the years. Um, some people that I love very much took that to, took the decision that we had all made and assumed that they had only made it because their parents um, told them to and you know I've encountered a lot of that like you only believe it because it was what you grew up believing it's what your parents told you when you were a kid and 
and things like that. And I've never really seen that as a reason not to believe it anymore. It doesn't discredit it. It just means people that I respect and love very much also believe it. Also, that's an insult to your intelligence. I know it really is. It's um, like it's like uh, what? Oh what no, they, these people love insulting my intelligence. It's great. It's like what do they expect. Like you hit six years old and stopped absorbing information. Oh yeah. So so I accepted Christ when I was four. Um, I've I've always loved the Lord. I've never served Him um, as as perfectly as I'd like to. That's been my real battle. Um. I've struggled with things over the years, but the one that I think I struggle with the most is just accepting the fact that he accepts me. Um, I wasn't planning on... I didn't plan this out. I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying exactly. No, I don't think we planned any of this. No, we didn't plan any of this. No, you said you want to record a podcast, and I was like, I've waited years for to be asked that question. and Now I see why no one else has asked me. Um... But yeah, so just learning, like the learning that God accepts me for who He made me to be, and uh, and He loves me, and things like that. Um, I went to Bible college. Um, that's where I met uh, the the girl who became my wife. Um, I'll tell the tell the, that story another time. I think that's because that's a pretty cool story, but it'll take a little more time. Yeah, we'll we'll do uh, we'll do the the special the wives episode. Yeah, sure. I don't know if they're going to want to be on this thing, but, um, yeah. So now I work as a bookbinder, uh, repairing Bibles and, uh, and other books, primarily personal Bibles though. And, uh, and actually the three of us all work together, but I'm the only one that actually does that side of the job. And, uh, yeah, a little bit about who I am. I'm, uh, I'm like, like Stuart said, I'm married to his wife's sister. Um, we have four, Beautiful children. Um, I'm not counting the ugly ones, right? No. Just beautiful. Yeah, so I have four beautiful children. and uh, The ones in the basement you can't tell about for, like, insurance reasons. Oh, yeah, no. No, I'm not supposed to mention them at all. Again, that's a joke. Um, yeah. That's, that's me. <clears throat> all right, so my, my whole deal is a big train wreck, but I'll say that uh, I got baptized at around 12. I, I can't remember exactly because my grandparents encouraged it and I felt like I needed to, you know, like that, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. So you got bad, so you get baptized. And then, uh, I lived a terrible life until sometime around, sometime around 2015. By that time I got married, uh, the high school sweetheart and uh, she was you know we had uh, our first kid before we were married or no first kid was about to be born and we got married like last minute you know a courthouse wedding and then uh, you know I just started feeling that I had to I had to get in church I had to you know I had to go to church and then went to one that was right down the road and got convicted and you know i can't tell you for sure if i was saved before or if i was saved you know later on in life but looking back i can see that god steered me away from uh, a lot of bad stuff i was on i was on the internet during the the new atheist movement and for some reason it never it never caught on even though it 
it grabbed a lot of my a lot of my friends in high school. So now I'm just you know living and learning. I got three children and uh life is good. Life is good. God has provided every step of the way. You ever heard that Stellar Cart song Life is Good, Eternal Life is Better? No, but it but sounds awesome. I used to think it was awesome when I was a kid. All right. Former trans folks flood social media with their stories for hashtag the trans awareness day. This is something I, I've been waiting for for a long time because I knew it had to happen. Oh, yeah. I knew that all of these people that were mutilating themselves and taking body changing, you know, hormones and unnaturally, you know, change them. And you see the stats there. They're not any happier afterwards. They're, they're just miserable. No, and that's what always happens when people are searching for happiness and they don't turn to God. They're going to turn to something that's going to not fulfill them. It's ultimately going to leave them feeling even emptier because now they have one less thing they can try. Um, and I applaud them for this. What, what So what's going on is they're, they're detransitioning. So a woman who transitioned into a man realized that it wasn't making her happy, so she transitioned back into a woman. Um, that's great going back to being who God created you to be. But if they're, if they're not finding Christ in the midst of all of this, then uh, I worry that they're still going to be still, still going to feel that emptiness. Yeah. He, Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life, his peace and joy are the only true source of happiness in this world or in the age to come without him. It doesn't matter how you identify it doesn't matter how you how you try to live life is as uh, ecclesiastes says empty meaningless and vain apart mm -hmm. from a personal relationship with the creator I, I, I do feel the need to to clarify in case anyone ever actually does listen to this None of us here hate or are angry with or anything like that. None of us hate gay people. None of us hate transgender. Trans we are not attempting to attack those individuals in any way. But at the same time, we don't believe that they will find true happiness by pursuing that lifestyle. It we do believe that it is destined to make things worse in the long run. And yeah. It's a, it's, it's the type of thing that if you, if you see somebody doing something that you know is going to harm them, you don't like that thing they're doing because that's, it's harming them. Um, it's not the person that you have a problem. I have, I have zero problem with, with, um, with the people. It's the lifestyle that they're choosing. And I understand, um, the, the common mantra is that they're not, it's not something they choose. It's something that they were, they were born this way and things like that. Based on what, what I believe of, uh, based on scripture and things like that. Um, I believe that that's a deception that they're deceived into thinking that they were born that way. And it breaks my heart. Um, there is no, no measure of hate at all. No, no amount of hate at all for any of these people. It's the, the lies that they are believing that I, that I hate, that I, um, 
would love to see them come out of that and and come to Jesus and and see the fullness and joy that He brings. Yeah, which I, is which is what this uh, this commenter said. Yeah, I mean, I want I want to spend for I want to spend eternity with these people. Yeah, I I want I want exactly I want the new earth crowded. If I say, hey, I, I I don't I don't like the way you're living. I think you should live this way over here. That's not because I hate you. It's because I I love you and I want to spend eternity with you and because I think you're cool. There are some people I don't really want to spend eternity with, but I don't know. That's yeah, but we're gonna be stuck with each other. We're anyway. called to yeah. I know. I mean, you're already yeah. And that even then, we're called to love, to love everyone. And uh, so even when I look at someone, I'm like, I don't really want to spend eternity with you. Then my heart immediately goes to yeah, but you're supposed to you're supposed to love them anyway. And you need to get to that point. That's that's where my heart can work, where I can work on my heart. I mean. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, I think this ties in perfectly with what we were just talking about earlier with the with the the trans and LGBT stuff. That we scripture very, very, very clearly in this in this passage right here is saying we are still called to love them, and and the by in loving them, we're called to share Christ with them and pray for them and. Uh, and desire their salvation the same way God did for each of us. You know, the, the love we're supposed to have for people doesn't, you know, if you're a person like me and have, uh, you know, having trouble feeling loving towards people, luckily we don't have to feel some sort of emotional love. We can do, we can, we can love them by serving them and doing Mm -hmm. what's best and telling them, of the love of God and, and praying for them. and Yeah. If, if love was a feeling or an emotion, it wouldn't be commanded. You can't yeah. command somebody to have a feeling or an emotion. God could make it happen, but... I, I don't agree. We're commanded... The Bible commands emotions all over the place. We are commanded to... The, the most prominent one is to rejoice. You don't have that's to... Not, that's not a emotion, though. That's a, that's a choice. We are also commanded to... Feel the emotion of joy. It's all over the place. Old and New Testament. Uh, but the, the thing is, my, he always, he doesn't just command it and expect us to work it up under our own strength. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Among other things. Among, yeah, among other can things. You, can you give me a reference for where the Bible commands us to feel joy? Um, uh, give me just so... Yeah, I'll let Bill talk later. If, yeah, while you're looking for that... Uh, it I forget where in the Bible, uh, but it talks about uh, uh, what was it Jesus something the joy set before him. And it was talking about him going to the cross. I don't think that was a strong. I don't think that was like a yay the cross. I think I think the joy is I'm having trouble knowing that his actions would bring our salvation. Yeah, knowing that knowing that our actions. Knowing that his actions would bring our salvation, it's like a joy, but later. Yeah, like 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 the it was set before him. Yeah, set before him. So there's like, 
I feel like a lot of the passages about joy are, are like, like a delayed thing. Like we have joy in the Lord, even if we don't feel it now, we have it. And we are supposed to recognize that, that we do possess, you know, joy in the Lord, even if at the moment we're not feeling it, we're supposed to remember it and we're supposed to. And I guess there, I, there are verses, I suppose, that say things along the lines of rejoice and be glad, things like that. Um, but I don't see those as a command to feel the emotion nearly as much as this is a command to love. Uh, remember the wordage here. Um, he who does not love does not know God. But, you know, it, it's really hard. It's really hard to have a down day if you like. Sometimes you got to make yourself, but you know, if I'm having a down day and I just start singing hymns, yeah, I feel better. It's really, it's really hard to, it's really hard to to sing songs uh, about what the Lord has done for you, and at least not. So, at a very quick glance, um, the first couple of ones that I see that are worded more as a command are in the Psalms. Psalms thirty-two seven: Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Uh, Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, yeah, that's, the majority of that the doesn't sound like a, That doesn't I'm, sound like a command at all. The, the majority of the references I'm seeing are speaking more of, speaking of joy, more as being the byproduct. Yeah. Um, but there are also various places where it is commanded. And I do believe that a command to rejoice implies at least to a degree, a command to feel joy in, you know, a re the act of rejoicing. If our hearts are eaten up with bitterness or whatever else is not glorifying God. It's the level of hypocrisy. So yeah. James, James chapter 4, verse 9, mm -hmm. reads, Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Okay, but... Which is worded as a command as well. Uh-huh. And in the context? Yeah. Uh, you didn't give context for any of what you read to us. Okay, but... <laughs> all right, but but uh, the, the one you're talking about here is a psalm. It's like... It's like when... Uh, picture like a song, like... Uh, what's that new Skilla song? Shout Your Freedom? That's such a good song. Yeah, it's such a good song. Like, uh, I could see like a lot of the Psalms, you know, you're, it's like, uh, you know, 3,000 years ago, roughly, and, and you're just out there, and, and the one guy, whoever's up there is like really rocking the not microphone, and the other guy's really just, just wailing the, away on the harp. The not, my, what? The <laughs> not microphone. They didn't have microphones back then. Ah. A, a lot, a lot of the Psalms could, easily be uh be turned into like a like a very uplifting rock song yeah which is what your church does isn't it uh um, yeah i'm thinking of, am i thinking of sam's church do you guys do you guys don't do psalms only do you no, no. okay no i'm thinking of sam i love i love thinking about sam's church and how they like i know a lot of churches do this they they sing nothing but the psalms and they sing all of the psalms like mm -hmm. they they start, they start with Psalm 1, and then when they get all the way to, when they finish 150, they go back and they start over at 1 again. I'm like, there are some psalms in there that I can't see singing for worship, but my, you do it. That's so cool. 
My mom's church growing up believed that instruments were evil, even though there's a lot of those still. Even though we're uh, we're told that we're supposed to praise the Lord with all of the like, they name just a bunch of instruments. Yeah, I've heard an argument that um, we are we are only to use the instruments listed, um, and therefore they don't use instruments at all because they don't know what a zither is and, and things like that. All right, I'm well like, I'm gonna. I, I don't know. Guitar sounds good though. I mean, I, I don't understand why, why they would think the why would they they would think that's the cutoff because I'm fairly I'm fairly certain if uh, if David would have had an electric guitar, you know he he would have like he would have like you know walked out onto the courts just uh, just just shredding some psalms. Yeah. Now, I, I'm I'm enjoying this discussion though about whether or not we're God commands us to have emotions. Um, I think could could we agree maybe that he doesn't command us to have the emotions, but he commands us to Strive do do him. the thing that will lead us to that emotion. For example, rather than commanding us to feel joy, he commands us to be joyful or rejoice in in our rejoicing in what he's given us. It brings joy. That's been my experience. I always feel joyful. The one leads to the other. I'm yeah. not. I'm not really sure how. I don't think I'm following how you're making the distinction. Where is the what's the difference between rejoicing and being joyful versus feeling? Okay, the other day, the other day, we were uh, the kids were doing a talent show, and man was not uh, you know it's a kids talent show, and you know uh, oh this was this was the one at my house wasn't it yeah the, the kids don't, talent don't show. talk bad about this because. Uh, no, no, I'm not talking Susan, bad, but Chris, you're gonna listen to this even, even though it like it wasn't the most exciting, you know, you start, you know, you start clapping, you start, you know, getting into it, getting into it, you know, you you, you just kind of, you know, the the heart catches up with the actions. Exactly. So if if you're having if you're having like, you know, you we're told that we're told that you know even if we're not feeling it, we're supposed to rejoice. So you know. You could you could pray and you could, you know, just earnestly thank God for everything that he's done in your life. Just think about where you were. Think about where you are. Think about all, you know, just thank him for the stuff he's done in your life, the stuff that he does for you every day. And even if you're not feeling the the, the, the greatest of emotions, that, you know, it, at least for me, that that brings me joy just you know, thanking God, just you know, being appreciative and rejoicing yeah. for what He's done. I can see though, okay. to, to your point, I can see how those kind of do. It does go together. If it could, like God could easily just say, like I'm commanding you to be to to feel joy, and I would have to just interpret that as He's commanding me to do this this thing that He created me to feel joy when I'm doing this, worshiping Him, for example. Um, but I, I think based, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. I, 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 if I remember correctly, the verses that you read had a, an action with the emotion that we were commanded to have. Oh yeah. It's not, so, the, I'm not saying that the emotion is the entirety of the command. Right. I'm just saying that it is an essential component of the command. So if I may amend what I said earlier, I, I agree with you now. We've, we, this has never happened. You guys are hearing this for the first time. He's never convinced me of anything through argument, as far as I can remember. Um, 
I've never convinced you of anything through argument either, as far as I know. So we just like to argue for the sake of arguing half the time. But I would say God never commands us to have an emotion without also giving us the instruction of how to achieve that emotion. Yes, definitely. Because as human beings, we don't have the ability to say, I'm feeling really down. God wants me to be joyful. So I'm joyful now. We have to, he has to tell us what to do to get there. But to my point earlier, we are commanded to love. Mm -hmm. And we're not given an instruction on like, in order to feel this emotion, you have to do this action. Because the love itself is the action. Love is a choice that we make. I choose to love, even if I don't feel like it. And the thing is, a lot of people confuse it because the action of choosing to love someone leads to the emotion that we in America refer to as love. But because so many people think that love is the emotion, that's why we have so much divorce and, um, and, and all this different stuff and child abandonment, things like that, because when the emotion goes away and the person doesn't feel like making the choice anymore, they say, I've fallen out of love. I, I no longer love this person. I no longer oh. want to be around them things like that. Or as a Lewis or CS Lewis, who is much smarter than me. Love in the Christian sense does not mean an emotion. It is a state, not of the feelings, but of the will, that state of the will, which we have naturally about ourselves and must learn to have about other people. So, so then if, if love as the Bible defines, it has, no emotional component if we're separating it from joy. Mm, no, 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 no. I'm saying love, love in and of itself is an action. It's a, it's a choice we make, but there is an emotion that's tied, tied into it, but it's not, the emotion is not what we should be seeking. Like, um, I am not called to feel emotional love toward you. I am called to love you. And how do I do that? Well, what we just read. Um, oh, yeah, read it again. Because James words it much better than I ever will. Let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He, he who does not... Uh, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Mm -hmm. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We ought to love one another the way God loved us. And Not saying God doesn't have that emotional feeling toward us. He absolutely does. His love manif was manifested in the, the sending of Christ. He loved mm -hmm. us and sent his son. It doesn't say that the two are, it didn't say that the love is the sending of his son. The love was the Choice. motivation for the action of sending his son. But love is a, the choice. Romans the, uh, 12, starting in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Even if you don't feel like it. One, it needs to be genuine, definitely. But we are commanded here to abhor what is evil. We are commanded to love one another with brotherly affection. Affection is very much an emotional word. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, yeah. mind, and strength. But, but I do feel you like that's do the you, end point, not the... Do you always feel like loving people? No, I'm a sinner. Right. So, but do you love them anyway, even though you don't feel like it? Sometimes, not always very well. I'm a sinner. Okay, but you are called to love them even if you don't feel like it. Yes. So then love can't just be the feeling. 
I didn't say it was just the feeling. Well, that's it all is. I'm saying is that love, the love that we are called to love people with is not just the feeling. It's not primarily the feeling. The feeling is a, an after effect of the act of loving. So you're, you're saying that affection is a feeling word, that it implies a feeling. I'm saying even if I don't feel like loving you, I'm still called to love you whether or not I have the feeling or not it's still an affectionate love um because love the i would define love as as i understand it from scripture as putting another person's needs above your own um, I, I would agree with that. sacrificing of yourself for someone else but but why if i'm putting your needs ahead of mine out of a sense of duty and obligation because that's what I'm told to do and I don't want to, that's not biblical no, love. No, but that's the awesome part is it's not, it has nothing to do with I am told to do it so I have to whether I want to or not. It has to do with I was loved. God loved me. And because God loved me, it's flowing out of me toward others. My flesh, in my flesh, I don't always feel loving toward people. Mm -hmm. But that love that God gave to me, I can now give to others. Ah, what was it? The uh, I just studied the book of Hosea, so that's going to be coming out a lot of this conversation. <laughs> you want to understand God's love for us, go read the book of Hosea and then try not to cry. And if you don't cry, you didn't understand the book and, of Hosea. And by the way, as a sidebar for those of you at home, this is the sort of conversation we have a lot where we come at the same issue from two separate sides and... Like he mentioned the other day, we probably agree with each other, and we just we have just very different tell. ways of expressing it. But uh, I, w I would also want to throw in here that people that are not of God don't care to obey him. Mm -hmm. So even if at times you are, you know, obeying God out of out of a sense of duty, you know, Jesus said, uh, you know, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh a lot, of, a lot of times, you know, it, on the outside, it may look like, or and maybe sometimes on the inside, you know, it, it feels like you're just doing something because you're told to. But for me, when I do things because I'm told to, it, it, it isn't so much out of a sense of obligation because, you know, God saved me. He, he didn't have to save me. He could have just let me uh, self-destruct in the lifestyle I was in. Mm -hmm. But when I am, you know, like uh, when I'm just not feeling it one day, but I love people anyway, and I, you know, love them like Christ would love them, or at least strive to, I do it because, you know, I I love God and I want to, and I want to do mm -hmm. what He commanded me to do. And it's not hard either. That's the the thing that a lot of Jesus said, my. Um, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. And what he meant by that is what I'm calling you to do is not a hard thing to do. A lot of people, they get it twisted. They look at it. They, they read the Bible and they're like, I see all of these rules. And it is so hard to follow all of these rules. So Jesus couldn't have possibly been telling the truth when he said, what I'm calling you to do is easy. Yeah, but that's because what Jesus was calling us to do was not follow all these rules perfectly. No, that's why he died was because he knew we weren't going to follow all the rules perfectly. What he called us to do was love each other. Just love God and love your neighbor as yourself. 
and this sums up the law and the prophets. And it's, it that is so easy for believers because as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And we just read in 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 the, in First John, God is love. Holy Spirit is God. God in me. God is love. Love is in me. And it's easy for me to love anybody because I've got the the being that is the definition of love flowing through me. All you have to do is just let him use you, and it and, it, and it's just the love comes naturally. Was oh, it a, a spring welling up and overflowing? Or something? something like that. Susie drew a picture of it. It's it's pretty cool. My yeah. wife my wife likes to draw pictures of everything she reads in the Bible. But I, you should you should flip through her Bible sometime. It's but, just got like little doodles all over the edges. I can remember a time where actually you probably shouldn't flip through her Bible because that would involve breaking into her house in the middle of the night and what? other <laughs> crimes. Why are you assuming he would be breaking in the house in the middle? Of the night? I don't. I don't. He think comes over to my house all the time. Our I know, just talking does to not me. have an. I was talking to him. Oh, I was talking okay. to Bill. <laughs> so, uh, no, I but remember... if Jeffy ever wants to come over and look at my wife's Bible, that'd be fine. She's always welcome at my place. She's so, cool kid. If uh, I remember a time where like. I'm just assuming Jiffy's going to be our only listener. (laughs) I remember a time where doing the things that God calls us to do was burdensome and impossible. I just had no desire. I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, there, there is a, there is a desire and a love there that wasn't there. And, you know, with, without the Holy spirit, it, it would be like, Impossible. You know, the Jews with the with the what six hundred and something rules. You know, Jesus described it as as a burden that no one could carry, or yeah. a burden that they couldn't carry, or something. Exactly. I mean, that was kind of the that was a little bit the point behind the law, or maybe a lot the point behind the law. The law of Moses was just to show mankind our need for a savior because we can't do it. Exactly. That was his whole point. Like, okay, you want to get to heaven, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. There's only 10 of them that everybody knows. But if you read through the rest of uh, the books of Moses, there are a lot of rules in there, but way beyond just the Ten Commandments. And and I almost, I, I, I'm a firm believer that God's got a great sense of humor. And sometimes that belief leads me to say things that could be <laughs> taken as sacrilegious. So hopefully this isn't sacrilegious of me. But I almost, I get this picture in my head. Again, this isn't like scripture or anything. It's just like a funny picture I have in my head sometimes of God. Like, okay, you guys want to get to heaven? Yeah, we want to get to heaven. All right. (laughs) You got to do all of this. And he's just kind of sitting there chuckling while they're like, we can't do that. He's like, all right. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Because now I'm going to do it for you to show you that I love you. And then all you have to do is take that love and give it away to everybody else. Yeah. Even if they don't love you back, even if they hate you, even if they're your enemy. I mean, Jesus is getting crucified and saying, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If he can go through that and say, say that I can, uh, I can, I can love the, the state farm representative who told me they're not <laughs> covering my, uh, my disaster, yeah. for example. And as an aside, there didn't have to be hundreds of rules. None of us can even keep the top 10. Right. You know, the top 10 included things like don't covet. Uh, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lust after your neighbor's wife. 
don't take the name of the Lord in vain. The lusting at your neighbors, that was, it was a don't commit adultery. And then later on, Jesus is like, by the way, that one right there is a lot harder than what you thought. <laughs> right. They're all like, I've never slept with my neighbor's wife. And he's like, oh, but you have in your head, haven't you? I just imagine so many guys turning beet red when he said that. Yeah. If you even look at a woman in lust, in lust you, uh, you've committed adultery. And like most of the crowd is like, uh-oh. Oh, no. Okay, fine. We won't stone her. But that was the point. Exactly. That was the point. All right. Um, How long have we been recording? Like uh, an hour? Oh, it's been longer than that, hasn't it? Yeah, like it's, an hour and... It's 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's hour and some change. Okay. It is about a half an hour past when I told my wife I'd be home, so... Yeah, so... Uh, Sorry, Susie. Go on and say goodbye to, to Joe, because he's, he's gone. What? Yep. You're in the garden now. You're, you're fertilizer. In the garden. Yeah, she's, she's going to throw you in the composter. Well, except the, oh, you're you're except telling the, the audience that the compost. You're telling the audience that when I get home, my wife is going to kill me. Yeah, she's going to throw you in the compost, and she's going to have our six-year-old daughter put me in the composter because that's her chore. Yeah, but so in pieces. Put the okay, because it's a Disney movie or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a Disney movie based on the original German translation where it's like there were once some kids. They were bad. They died. Oh and, yeah, you know, like you look at. <laughs> like the original Cinderella in some of these movies is like, man, Walt Disney, I mean, he had to have grown up with these stories to want to make them into movies. But then at somewhere along the line, he's like, maybe I should change this a little bit. Well, except it's a lot simpler than that. It comes down to money. Most oh, yeah. of the original stories he used were would not make money. Were in the public domain. He could use them for free because they'd been around for so long and then he oh, just okay. Twisted them just enough that he could put his own copyright on them so no one else can use them. I thought you were saying there's he, he figured there's no way I'm going to make money if I tell this story the way it was originally. No, he, he grabbed the stories that had been around so long that there was no copyright, twisted them enough that he could put his own copyright on them and made money off of it. Speaking of which, Winnie the Pooh is public domain now, so we got to get on that. Ooh. <laughs> All right, we're switching to the monetized Winnie the Pooh podcast. <laughs> Which is uh, the extended segment for our paid subscribers. <laughs> Listen to Stuart do his Eeyore voice. All right. Uh, who wants to close in prayer? Hi, me again. Uh, Stuart ended this with a prayer, but he spoke so softly the mic could not pick it up. Like he was praying, you could hear like the first minute of it, but by the time I got to minute four, I, nothing was picking up. So instead you get a thank you for listening and we hope that you tune in next time. God be with you. I mean, I kind of like well, it. Tangent as an intro works well, but we started, you're like, Hey, everybody say your names. And then I'm going to pull up this picture of Mickey Mouse saying, yay, bigotry. And we're going to talk about that for a while. <laughs>